0: Um, So the the title of the shir, you can't see it because you're hearing it live, but the title of the shir is uh, Do the branches of the menorah need to be straight? Uh, Just to perhaps catch your attention, I don't know. Um, More specifically, actually, though, the question that I'm really talking about, the reason why it's clickbait, is uh, because the question really is, do the branches of the Hanukkah menorah need to be straight? And... uh, I'll explain what I mean. So, right when I say branches, manure, straits, of course, you probably immediately think of the sicha, of the, Rabbi, the drawing of the rambam, which uh, apparently, as we see, tends to trigger a lot of people every year. It becomes a whole argument uh, all over again. Um, but, like I said, I didn't ask about the... Menayon and the Mesa Mikdash. I actually am asking about the Hanukkah Meneir. I actually have happened to have some thoughts about the topic of the Meneira and the Mikdash as well, but that's not the topic I'm here for. Uh, so we'll leave it for the uh, the end of this year, which I won't get to due to uh, lack of time. Um, the uh, the question underlying my the question that I that I opened with is what is the significance of what we call the Chanukah menorah? Is there any significance to what we call the Chanukah menorah? Does it have branches? Does it need to have branches? Uh, is there? Can we have a discussion? Is there even a shaila of straight? What, you know, what does that mean? And um, <clears throat> with relation to this, with regard to this uh, specifically, uh, there's another argument that comes up every year: uh, Team Chanukiah versus Team Menorah. You know, what's the real? The real name of the, uh, the object we use to light. So I asked the trivia question. Uh, the trivia question is how many times does the word minira appear in Shochanarach and Hilchis Chanakah? And the answer, of course, is basically zero, none at all. Just that in Simon Tavish Ayin Aleph, which is the Simon that talks about Seder Adlakis Nechanakah, Makema we find in Ramah in Siv Zayin, Ramah in the standard print says, so, what is a But no, everyone jumps on the Ramah and says, no, it looks like a mistake. The correct reading is So it's not referring to anything in any object that we're interacting with. It's a reference to the Manoida in the Manoida, we're making some kind of comparison. So, what's Taqib Shah? What's going on here? Before I get to that, I'll point out that uh, quote-unquote, we do find that Shulchan Aruch talks about the Monero being straight or not or being round. But what do I mean by that? You look in the Ramah and Siv Dalet. The Ramah says, yesh Lahamid Beshura Right? So he uses the word shav and eagle. Of course, he's talking about lining up the lights of the Monero. Should they be, they should be straight, davke, lizoir Lahamid Beshove v'ley b'igol, not round. Obviously, that's a very, uh, uh, loose association here between straight and round, although, in the discussions about the, the Meneir and the Mikdash, and so many Shainim and that get pulled into this conversation, often it turns out that perhaps we're confusing and misreading sources that may be talking about the question as to who says the that the branches of the were talking in a straight row? Because, as we know, many candelabras, traditionally chandeliers, often branches tend to go around in a, a, a circle, go around the center, and that actually it appears happens to be part of the discussion, Rishonim and as to who's to say that the minayir should be straight. That's that's odd, berzak. And apparently, there's even an somewhere that says that it's not, uh, it's not Ma'akiv that the manerda k'taka be who says it has to be dafka in a straight row who So sometimes these two topics get uh, confused with each other, and it's come up elsewhere. Maybe we'll go back to it. So because this din, going off for a moment on this din of so a discussion arose about this as well somewhere else. Someone shared a picture of a manerda that uh, wasn't straight; it was on a curve. Uh, half circle, even less. And there was a whole discussion about, you know, Pashtos, this is problematic. Is it a kosher minayur, is it not? Uh, Akilah asked the question, is it B'tyev kosher or not? And uh, my reaction, my response was, that the uh, Pashtos, I don't see any problem whatsoever. And that's pasha now what uh, the Ramah was talking about. But they pointed out that you go to Chabad.org, Chabad.org, people Google, how do, uh, how do I make a menorah, or something like that? So there's an article, and the article is called What Constitutes a Kosher Hanukkah Menorah? And among other things they write, <clears throat> quote, the eight candles of the menorah must be arranged in a straight line, not set in a semicircle. So they even right, semicircle, and can't be in a semicircle, must be arranged. Similarly, the menorah's lights should be level or on an even slant, not some randomly higher, not some randomly higher than others. Um, and then I was even looking at the comments uh, down below and in one of the plays someone asked uh, whether the, all the narratives have to be attached and uh, one of the admins uh, responded and said though there is no obligation for the candle holders to be attached yet I would be concerned that someone may end up arranging the menorah pieces not in a straight line which would make it invalid as in the article above so they're, they're taking this idea and they're running with it <coughs> and my Avana was is that that's incorrect and it's possible that there may be no problem with it even um, I, I know, you'll see what research I did what mechaitis I have I didn't go looking around to see how many other contemporary practical halachic manuals svarim, how they all address this question and do they all use the same machine or different it'll be interesting to see um, but I didn't get around to that uh, using chabad.org org as my foil here for the purpose of this discussion. Um, the problem here, what's the source of the problem? The problem is is that there is, I think, a fundamental misunderstanding, lack of understanding of what the Shulchan Aruch is talking about and what the Metzius was uh, Amol. And so therefore, when we read the Shulchan Aruch, and I could still remember, I guess, how uh, when I was 14, how we learned Shulchan Aruch, we, uh, we read Shulchan Aruch through the lens of how we celebrate Hanukkah and light Menorah. latest Hanukkah today, and we think the Shekharach is talking about that, and that's not the case. Um, so that's why, in fact, the two topics that I raised uh, so far, Hanukkah Menorah and straight versus not straight, are connected to each other, <clears throat> as we shall see. And to boil it down to one question, Is what's the Makar Bechal, is there an Indian, a Makar, to use a Hanukkah Menorah for Hanukkah? So, to understand the reality, the history, correctly, so I would like to begin with a bit of a more historical overview uh, that's printed in Sefer Menhagi Yisrael uh, by uh, uh, Daniel Sperber, Chelik which is on Chanukah. I mentioned him in his Sefer once before, maybe two years ago, um, that he has gotten himself involved in certain more serious Piske Din that are not uh, considered acceptable in most Orthodox circles, so that's just a disclaimer but uh, they still sell these uh, Svar and he approaches Menhagim with an interesting historical angle lens. Um, So he has a chapter in Helekei on Hanukkah from a a woman, a professor, Uh, her name is uh, uh, Bracha Yaniv, and she writes the history of the design of Menedus Hanukkah in the light of Halacha, and there are a lot of interesting facts you might want to know, you might find interesting. Uh, So she begins, I'll try to uh, do this quickly. So she begins by saying that if you rewind all the way, all the way back So today, fast forward back to today, today you walk into a Judaica store, this store called a Judaica store, there are objects called Judaica. What are Judaica? Judaica are items that are custom made for Jewish observance, for mitzvahs, for monhagem, for your house. Uh, If you go back far enough, there weren't unique Jewish objects in that way. So uh, everyone drank from bechers. I mean, didn't use that word, but everyone drank from goblets. So there weren't no Jew. you didn't invent a Jewish becher. Um, everyone lit uh, l- lamps and lights so you didn't have to have Shabbos candles. You know, all these things were part of everyone's everyday reality. And that, slowly, as time goes on, uh, you might see them adding a Hebrew word, something that makes it look Jewish to customize it. Uh, and then, as time goes on, once these objects stop being used in society around us, so then we find ourselves all of a sudden with our special silver becher that no one else would have any reason to have, and our, and our maybe even our leichter, obviously people still use candles to some extent, uh, decoratively, and even for us, uh, talking about Shabbos candles, you know, it's also a bit of a, a decorative thing, considering that we have electricity. Um, so the, the main fact you need to know is that as far as we know, there was no such thing as a Hanukkah menorah or any unique customized special object for lighting left up until, as far as we know, about a thousand years ago, uh, give or take. So you go back to the time of Chazal, lighting there Chanukah, my Hanukkah, all the Makedas, no mention, no discussion, nothing, nothing about a kli of lighting it. So a we're talking about taking... My, uh, you know, it's called the Shraga, right? The old uh, lamps that they had in Bavel, uh, the earthen lamp, maybe you've seen the pictures, uh, the drawings in the Mermas Shabbos or whatever. So you had those individual earthen lamps and uh, either you lit one and you weren't mahadin or or you took multiple uh, lamps and you lined them up. Um, the Gemara talks. The only reference the Gemara makes to the Kli is that Gemara says you shouldn't use because uh, the would get very oily and, and dirty after a single use. So either you have to use new ones each night, or you have to sort of freshen it up in the oven, in the furnace, to get it fresh again. Um, and uh, she points out the taka we see historically, of all the old menorahs that we have, and there are different uh, books with collections of pictures of ancient menorahs none of them are made out of cheres uh, mavish. That's something that uh, Evelyn was Nizer. In fact, she thinks that uh, they were Nizer in Iraq, Africa, to use, right? Glass comes essentially from the same material as Kheres, but it goes through uh, a process. You can have pure glass, you can have China, which is somewhere in the middle. So uh, she says that uh, from what we see in Iraq, it looks like they used uh, you know either glass or China. Um, up until, in fact, very, very recently, she thinks that might be uh, Hampshire all the way back to, back to then. Um, now she mentioned something interesting. We were talking the other day about uh, lighting the menorah in show, lighting the menorah outdoors, different timing. One of the timing is that uh, the the b the the shoal is doima to the basic mikdash. it's the Mikdash ma'at this connection to the to mikdash. And that's why you start seeing this idea that I just quoted from the Ramah, to put it in dorim kineadis hamanoira. That's what the Ramah is referencing, that this idea developed of the Naidos Hamanoira. So that she says, so that minute we know started around the so 1100s or so, that's when Swarm in Europe, started mentioning this, no idea, we're lighting a show. we just invented a, a minute somehow and started light, lighting in the show with Brachos, which itself is very interesting. I said that was that topic. She says, up until um, around the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, to the extent that people were making a Manet, uh, something special to light their candles in, they were all flat. So, they were flat, and you put oil in, and you put wicks, and then you're, you're good... Once this idea of the Shul's menorah being associated with the Mikdash took hold, that's the first time you start seeing branched menorahs, specifically in Shul menorahs. And you can see, you go to the Altanay Shul in the corner, this is a picture you can see, this picture, you can go in person, you can see the, this is the, um, a branched menorah around, of course. Um, and that's where that idea starts from. So the first branched menorahs apparently start, as far as we know, start somewhere around the 1500s, 1600s. And then they spread, and then at some point from the 1700s, you start seeing a mute. Some people started using this design in their home as well. Uh, my impression, my opinion, is that up until the last 100 years, uh, branch mineros, for personal use, were still very much the, uh, in the miyot minority, and it's only in the last uh, bunch of years or so, uh, one can speculate whether it has something to do with, uh, with Zionism or more focus on the mineros of the base of uh, some people, all might have talked, avoided using uh, branch minority, even if it's eight branches, because of the concern that you don't want it to look like the Beis HaMikdash. The Rebbe addresses the Svar, that maybe that's why all the depictions are around. Was that the reason? The Rebbe says no. Um, eight is enough. Making eight branches should be enough. Um, but, uh, there, so the idea being that it's only very recent, you know, the fact that you even call it a Hanukkah minority is a very recent idea. Uh, if you look in Yiddish up until very recently, it was referred to as Hanukkah You go, it's in the Khanakalacht. is not the word, it's not the term. Can't tell you when the first time it was used in a sefer, but it has to be fairly recently, relatively speaking, the rabbi referring to the Shul in the last few hundred years. Um, with regards to this I should just mention that when it comes to the term Chanukiyah, Menorah so the Rebbe Ayoyes there really is no special Shaychus between what we're lighting and the Menorah is not meant to be it doesn't have to be in anything at least and it certainly doesn't have to be in a branch nothing to do with the Tzuras and and the Mikdash it's just uh, something that became popular uh, so that this debate about Chanukiyah Menorah Part of why it's called Chanukiah, I would argue, is because the taco wasn't associated with, uh, even when they, uh, in, in Evrit, we talk about Evrit is using the word Chanukiah. when they coined that term, I would imagine most Chanukka Lecht were still not even in the design of a menorah, so there wasn't necessarily even that association. Never mind that it's been pointed out many times that already 250 years ago, we find that Svardim, Ladino speakers, already were calling it uh, a er Chanukiah, which again, they're not calling it a menorah because it's wasapes. Uh, they are calling it a Chanukah yeah, so they actually came up with that before and apparently also the Ben Hishchai who is more recent but in Iraq uh, calls it the Chanukah or something like that so there are these other terms menorah is not a word and a term that's uh, strongly associated with it's in so it's interesting to point out as well that in we find that a few places the Rebbe wrote even in Ksav, okay, wrote Chanukah uh, also in the famous Sich the Rebbe says that even when the Menorah for Chanukah so the doesn't say Menorah for Chanukah it says the Chanukah in the Hara for Hanukkah. And by the way, when the Rebbe says that, Papashtus is referring to the idea of if you already have a Shomonera or a public Monera, which is already anger that is branched, there the Rebbe is saying that even though you don't, the Rebbe doesn't want it to be round, everyone wants it to be straight. Um, but not that your home, not that the Rebbe is advocating that your home Monera should Dafka be branched in order so that it should be straight. And in fact, Papashtos, we know the Rebbe's Monera was not branched at all. And we even there's a sikhah that speaks to this and to the terms the Rebbe uses. Uh, there's a sicha from the middle of Chanukah, Chav Ches Kislev, Tovshen Lamed, The Rebbe wanted to say. That was talking about the fact that traditional uh, Chanukah Maner, not Maner, we're just using the term because that's what we'll call it now. But uh, the thing we use to light Chanukah has a, a wall in the back, a ventil, a ventila. So the Rebbe was making the, the point that uh, you can't put it by the window. Well, I mean, it's not to put it by the window. You can't put it by the window because you, which way you're going to? It's going to face you. So then the street can't see it. You're going to face it to the street, and then you can't see it. Uh, so the Rebbe, when the Rebbe first, the Rebbe says, Dinedes Khanaka. That's the first thing the Rebbe called it. Dinedes Di Dichanaka di Lempelach, which is the other term you see in Yiddish. Di lump, di lempelach. And then the Rebbe comes back and says again, Deroi fundinedes. And then the Rebbe like, catches himself and says, Fundi meneides Chanaka biomeno abenaventos. So that's like the Rebbe's third choice in terms of, but he also wants to use a word that we understand. So he finally uses the word meneides Chanaka biomeno. So, the B'chlau not branched at all. Which is, you know, it's more, we'll discuss more about that. Um, but um, getting back to just a few more important uh, details in history. So, she says that the first manure that we know of, the first manure that we can point to and say, this, as far as we know, that this is the first one. The first one is from around the 1100s from, uh, from France. It's just a, a flat the square or rectangular block, uh, no wall behind it, just carved you know, some some spaces in it to put oil, to put wicks, to light. Uh, you see many other old ones that look like that. So that's, you know, if you want to talk about the first manure, when the minera started, it could be someone had something earlier, but the first one we can speak to directly that uh, we can see, Marabet's boy, Vemerset, is from uh, the 1100s. Uh, it's per- supposedly in some collection in France somewhere. She says the... Uh, the Vant, the Vant is so common, and Tom Ramon Rottenberg, we see that Ramon Rottenberg talks about this idea of hanging uh, the left on, on the door, so they were being Mamshech, this idea that we don't light outside anymore, uh, the, unlike the original din of lighting Pesach uh, Beswey Vachutz, so they weren't lighting outside, lighting inside, but this idea of we could still light between the mezuzah, the, the, you know, the, the left and the right, but on the inside, so they hung it on the door. Says Papashtos, that's when the ventila was invented. You're hanging it on the door. You don't want the door to catch fire. So there's a vent that separates between the left and the uh, and the door. And she says that's around the 1300s. Um, yeah, we have to be Mikatsa here. Uh, also, just important to know that wax. Can- we think today, oh, oil versus wax candles. You have to know. You have to know the history of wax candles. Wax candles themselves weren't around and weren't used until Europe uh, in the Middle Ages. And she says that it in the fifteen hundreds is when wax candles just replaced oil lamps across Europe, and nobody was using oil lamps anymore. And that's when Yidden all of a sudden. Uh, really especially started finding themselves needing to do their own thing and maybe to create their own menorah. she says the first from what I've seen the first sefer so if you think about it in Shulchan Arach look in Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch doesn't just not mention the word menorah. Shulchan Aruch doesn't mention any cleave for neidah's Hanukkah b'chalel there's no mention of that at all go reread read the Shulchan Aruch and you'll see it's not mentioned it's called neidah's Hanukkah and it's talking about actual neidah's the Pashtas individual uh, lamps of whatever size uh, t- different people used I think she mentions that in, Afga- in parts of Persia and Afghanistan, until Mamish Adyameinu, they never actually uh, started using, they had individual pieces. Um, but almost everywhere else, at some point, they started making you know, different shapes and sizes, uh, different materials, also interesting. So wax candles really only came in and took, and took over fully and replaced oil lamps in the 1500s, so the Lavush. Is the, uh, the first one who says that if you have a special cleaver Hanukkah that has eight natives, Reinzach, uh, and if you don't, so on the one hand, he's the first one to mention He's still saying, well, it depends if you have it or you don't have it. It wasn't still a given even in his day, even though they're already for a few hundred years. We do find different artifacts, but it was not uh, widely ungenomen until much later. And even at that point, um, as we shall see from looking at the Ramah, they were using different Kalim. They were not put on oil because Gamora mentions oil, so that's why they kept on using oil, even though everyone else is using wax candles mostly. And shul, they started using wax candles very early for whatever reason. That's its own discussion, but wax candles is associated with shul, even 770. We use uh, candles, not oil. Um, So, uh, but even while they were using oil, after everyone else stopped using oil, they were still using these older kalem that were not necessarily in a straight row. And that's part of the context for what we might see. Uh, so, let's uh, put this aside now because we have to move on. I think you didn't see any discussion about straightness Nobody discussed uh, straightness until the Rebbe brought up the Ramam and the Mems. I'm saying. No, no, no. So that's where the, the Shulchan Aruch comes in. Now I'm getting to the Shulchan Aruch. Now let's discuss that as to what the issue was of shova and Eagle and what the context was and what the meaning was. But what I'm trying to already establish in our minds here is that the Pashtas, we are not talking about the shape of a kli, the design of a kli, the design of a manoeira, which is how you would instinctively read it, but rather we're talking about uh, an era before that. And now we have to understand what they mean by that. Right, so there's probably more information here that couldn't uh, cram in in limited time, but I think that gives you the, uh, the highlights. <coughs> right, so uh, in this case, you can publish, at least way per my presentation, you can mamish misread the Shulchan Aruch. If you don't understand where Shulchan Aruch is coming from, you can mamish misread it. It's right off in the Shulchan Arach. It has to be like, let's see what the Shulchan Aruch was talking about. Um, so, when I was looking into this a bit, so I had some Gedanken, I had some thought, then I discovered that uh, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, there's someone who printed a safer, one of the many, many Svarim that are being printed in the last few years. People are writing uh, you know, new shtiklach, new research onto a very specific Pratim and Alacha. I discovered there's a Shut called Avne Levi, obscure, you know, you have these Svar the a light I've mentioned before that are. Um, you know, dozens of them are producing these uh, minor at shuvahs that don't uh, become household names, but there's interesting stuff in there. So this is Shut Avne Levi by uh, I assume a relative, younger man. His name is Almo He has the uh, Askomis from Ravadj Yosef, from Nasha Klein, and others. Um, so in Simla and Zion, he essentially uh, took to this topic, and therefore I don't have to. Uh, reinvent everything. I can uh, we'll sort of work with what he wrote, and he I wrote in quote unquote uh, the, my line of thought, both in the general thrust of things and even in specific Taichin and specific Pratim. So, his question in similar and he wrote this uh, Simon in uh, Tafsin Samach The Shoyal is You have a choice. You either have a Chanukiah made out of silver, but it's circular. And you have uh, a plain metal monero that's straight. What's better? Creator ah, Nafka Minute. Now we have to decide. On the one hand, silver, on the other hand, uh, this one's straight. So, so, we, so we have to discuss. What's the union of being Mahathirin? So What's the union of being Mahadin straight? So he begins by talking to the Shulchan Aruch quotes in from the Gemara, Mila Ka'ada Shaman psilos. So essentially the Gemara itself talks about having Psi and one stuck one keli but not as a designated manure, but just a bunch of wicks coming out of a keli and it's round. The Gemara says if you put a keli on it then it's good if not, not. So the Torah has discussion What's the Vart? The Gemara says the Vart is that it's like a Madura, right? So that's also the issue with the shell and the eagle. The Gemara says the Havik and Madura. So what's what's this Vart of Madura? There's this idea that you don't want the menorah to just look like a bunch of flames coming together to make one larger looking flame. That's the, the context here. So the Mara is saying with the with the Ka'ara that uh, if you put the Kaylee on it, then it doesn't look like then they look like they're separated. If it doesn't have a cali, then they're all they look just too close together. So this discussion of the tour differently showing them about is the only solution to put a kli or can you just as long as you keep them further apart from each other maybe, maybe the Gemara was talking about if they're all very close together it's a very small kli so they're mamish all in a very tight circle but what if they're in a, a wider looser circle so some of say that could be fine Other of say no you need both or maybe we're not we're not Machalak that's the whole discussion he gets into then he gets to the Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch. the Machaber brings this din that's Kemedura. And Rashi says clearly, We know flames, I guess, are drawn to each other. So when they're all in a circle like that, so they're all being drawn to each other and sort of, it looks like uh, one larger thing. So, there Darkimarisha already in the Torah that based on this State and Agoyas Mamarinius on the Rambam, there's two. There's the one, the standard one, and then there's the Tfus Koshta. I saw them at sign to the one from Kushta, which is in the back of the Franco Rambam. the shame the Smack, and you can look it up in the Smack as well, or the Hagoyasa Smack. It says, Sha'ein Adlik, naid is we're going to get to what these words mean in, in a second. But that's that. Then the Ramah quotes in the Tunim Sadash who says that you are allowed to light in a lump. Pamotes lump? are what we would call a candelabra. So. It's coming back to that and saying, we just said that you shouldn't, uh, something wrong with a circle, a candelabra is also in a circle. Candelabra is fine. Why? That's what the Terumah says. And then that's what you see in the Shulchan Arach and Pomeritah uh, Shekrenah lampa are fine. Um, now, before I continue, so, I bring to Reis that we're talking about a specific thing, but I think he misses one important detail, which another sefer, also contemporary, sefer Mayad HaShem, by someone by the name of Ibud uh printed just a few years ago on Hanukkah, goes through all the halachas of Hanukkah, Plim Ores, I'm very impressed with uh, how he goes through these in Yanim. So when he comes to this din, he writes in Melech as follows, Ki If you're using wax candles, and specifically loose wax candles, you're using loose wax candles, And make sure that, and even when they're straight, you should make sure they're not mamish touching each other, because then it's also kimadura. And then he starts going through the mechadas, and you talk to see what's this... We're talking about, this is talking about the basicness. The basicness they already started using wax candles very early on. How did they get the wax candles the same? They didn't have a kelly. They used to bang nails into something, and then they would stick the candles onto the nails. Very, very loose is what we're talking about over here. So he's saying, all the, there's a bunch of Ashkenazi Mishrayim that all express this in different words. But that's what they're talking about. They're saying, when you have a bunch of loose wax candles, don't put them in a relatively tight circle, because that looks like a Medora. The Ma'aril says, Okay, we're not going to get into the Ma'aril. Oh, Piscay to Mendel there goes to a whole bunch of these Ashkenazi, and they all say it in more or less in these words. So, yeah, the Vart there by Pashto says, that we're talking about uh, can, loose candles. And then he quotes as well um, about the, even when they're straight, they should be a, a bit more apart. The Ar-Zerua says, He uses the word menaira Interestingly, the Rishadim only used the menaira to refer to candelabras. So, if you look in Shulchan the word menaira does appear in Shulchan but only in Hilcha Shabbos. So it talks about lighting a Shabbos candles in a menorah. That's the term you see in the Ashkenaz. They use that for candelabra or something like that. So ironically, they didn't have a Hanukkah menorah, but they had a Shabbos menorah, if you want to take it that way. Um, so he's talking about the Nerah Shashar, and they stick them all together, and then they all melt into each other. So it's also a problem, even on Shabbos. The same would go for Hanukkah. So you have all these mechadas that are clearly talking about a situation in which you have loose candles. And then he mentions, by the way, this Mechaber says, by the way, some say that they also have to be the same, it doesn't say it at all in Shechon they have to be uh, straight and not up and down. Where does that come from? So he says, that's the Chayyadim. The Chayyadim said that the is also Ech Gevoyev Ech Namuch and uh, this Mechaber. Okay, Zakdis Mechaber zak is recent enough that we don't have to feel that uh, every psach of his is uh, Mechayev. So, uh, so, lavdafka. Yeah. no. So That itself is also interesting. They're saying it as a fact that oh, they have to be uh, straight up and down. It's not. Uh, there's no early marker for that. Now, where were we? So first of all, so that al milchatchila has a very specific context. And now the additional important context is the Shemusadashen. The came along and said that if you have a candelabra, it's not a problem. Why is it not a problem? Because each one is in its own branch. So they're moved on. Once they're in, each one is in its own branch, so Mamela, uh, why would that look like a Madura? This is a, you have to use the logic, you have to understand the logic of the Madura, the logic of the situation, the Mitzias, and then you can understand when it applies and when it doesn't apply. Dr. up Sadashan in the Chuvas. It's also in the Leket Yeishe, which is the Talmud of Tirmas which uh, was printed 150 years ago or so, and it gives us other context. And so that's what Tirmas says. Um, he says each one is, is, is uh, there's like uh, two mechitzes between each one, right? Because this is an its branch, so it has a mechitz around it. This one is an its branch, so it has a mechitz around it. So they're very, uh, very separate and distinct. There's nothing Madura like about it more than anything else. So this is, based on all of this context, he's already heading in this direction. You can already start arguing and see the point that he's making, that I'm making, which is that, are you talking about a Menaira? Talking about, so let's say the Menaira is uh, in a semicircle instead of straight. Why is that different than uh, Pamoittas? Uh, nowadays, they have uh, separate sections for each Nair. Uh, I don't see why... Uh, even the Pamoittas of Amal, Lavdafka, they were these very long-branched... Uh, you look at the... There are some ancient uh, stuff. Lavdafka, they were uh, you know that big. They were just separate, distinct. You see there's a separation. Uh, then he goes off into this marshal. So there's a Marshall... That says that the Tazamagnar Ram quota It says that even though it says in the Tura to use you could use Palmaitis, Allah Madaktakin, Nisharin, Shalila Adliqbu Pamaitis, Sha'imbam, Hidalinus Khanakah. Oh, it sounds like there's a problem again. There's something, it's not khanakadik. That's how we would read it, perhaps. Oh khanakah is uh, not going a straight line. This is not khanakadik. So zakht there barichos that uh, based on looking uh, the quote of the, 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 the exact the marshal, the prichadash who quotes the marshal, says, What's Pshat? Ashashias shells khukhis. So what's the vart? Or at least the way the understood the marshal. The vart was that one of the other aspects of using this Kli was that they were in your lighting oil in these ashashis shells khukhis. Uh, and for however the setup was, you have to wonder how that would apply to our current setup. But you know, clearly, most minorities up until recently did not use glass. Now, when you have the popular. Uh, Sets, you buy in the stores everything is in glass I'm all up until 50 years ago I don't know if anybody was using glass in the menorah you filled the actual cups of the menorah pitchers so who knows if uh, I didn't uh, think the whole thing through but who knows if using these oil, these glass little things are but doesn't mean unformed. what Depends on the context, but here he's saying that they are so It sounds like each one is its own little ashashi. So, uh, um, so the is makes a convincing argument that um, the Vart of the marshal was that there was something else about it that was bothering him, not the, the tsuras uh, knei hapamaitas. It was the ashashiyois, and Nebazoi, lefizeh, so we can argue that uh, even the marshal and even those who quote him were not saying anything about the particular shape. Um, then he goes off into a whole discussion about uh, the, the, the Benish Chai, where the Benesh Chai quotes the Mashaal, Benish Chai is the one who comes the closest or the most explicit to understanding Mashaal the other way that there's something wrong with the design and he says the problem is is that has to be like the Nehdes straight, which is another topic we just discussed, so but the, the, the Nehdes HaMittesh should also be straight, so he goes off into a whole discussion as to how similar do the Nehdes HaMittesh, especially the ones at home have to be Compared to uh, the base of mikdash, and that's uh, certainly beyond the scope of what we can talk about now. The Ma'ayad Hashem, um, who uh, does also talks about it to some extent. I don't know if we have time to get into this, but uh, the way he writes it in his penim is Menorahs, Agulas, be Biigul, B'chol Shayas and his chanaka, all these Mikiris. There's nothing wrong with that. And he also gets into this discussion how in much more recent Akhrainim they start using this discussion about the Daimil Basemiklish, this Benish Khai, and Shudraf Pa'alim, call Nadis Beshura Mamish, but that's again Benish Khai is even more recent than uh, the the Khayadam. So if uh, if that's the whole var, if the whole verse is just in the Benish Chai, so also not necessarily very Mikhayev. So that's uh, another another safer that gets into these Makaitas in greater detail. We're working with a limited amount of time here. And then it gets back to the question of, okay, so his question was, he was trying to say a silver Ramanida versus... Uh, a plainer or straight Muneira. So what's the, is there a mile in a silver man-era, right? We were just emphasizing that Who says there's even an in Indian to have Muneira? So that, he says there's already a very famous of Ram and El Tezerid of the Chida who has this famous list of the Tesvav Mine Kelem Ru'uyim L'Ener Chanukah. And here he actually says that even though everyone quotes the of Ram, but apparently recently it was discovered that a really himself, he himself was copying something that goes back to Rabbeinu uh, Yitzhak Sagi from the, the door of the Raivids, the Ramban. Um, and he starts, he says, the top is Klezov, Klikasov, Nechayshus, goes down the different the materials, until he gets down to like uh, nut shells and things like that, which are obviously more individual. But up, up until then, you assume he probably is already talking about Gantz and uh, Kalen, but maybe not, uh, especially the earlier you go, maybe they even mean the one attached Kale, that could have meant individual, at any rate, so you see already these Mekredas, and like I said, you already seen in and Ahrein start talking about the Kliyama and there is a discussion as to whether you could just take candles and stick them on the wall. Mele, individual natus, the Gemara talks about, but sticking candles on the wall, you have Ahrein that makes them nervous already. Uh, we don't have time to get into the specific examples of that as well, but uh, you do have that where uh, that started bothering them. So it certainly seems like uh, at some point, certainly in terms of Heder, it's become unknown to use a particular kelly, and like I said, almost everyone at some, except in Winkle from the Velt, everyone had a kelly. So Emela, now I'm not coming to say that uh, you know, just stick candles on the wall that's not uh, what anyone's advocating but we see this is Mile of silver, so if you're a that Ibazoi. Uh, uh, could be talking the mile of silver, which is a real milah, the way we look at it now, versus the round, which could be based on a total misunderstanding, misapplication of what the Yerishayim and Shulchan Aruch was talking about. So, uh, that would be preferable now to and uh, like I said, these are two individuals who were actually misamic in these this these more obscure makaitas and at least for now as well. Um, so, in conclusion, Uh, like I said, to use a Hanukkah, so even though, like I said, the history starts more recently, and certainly branches is extremely, extremely recent, but to use a keli, you know, even, certainly for candles, which you shouldn't be using, you should be using oil, but if you're using candles, then certainly you need need one keli, you should use one keli. But the idea that there's a problem with... uh, that it's not straight, or it's in different directions, up and down, and then even around. As long as it's in a proper kalim, it's very, very, uh, uh, very, very good case to make that there's uh, nothing wrong with the lechatchila Lefi pshat nishol Aruch. We certainly, I would think that we shouldn't be going around telling people, uh, scaring people, like, Yeramish na yente, it's invalid to using that language. Now, I can hear an argument that you could say that look. At the end of the day, it's better for people to stick to what's normal, what's normal. And once people start uh, playing around with the menorah, who knows where they might end up? And you know, I can understand why there's an urge to be uh, conservative and stick to what we know and what's good. But to come out and say, imply that Allah says that uh, you know, semicircle is bad or invalid, uh, I don't think there's a basis for that. So that is a pretty major. I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. I hope uh, all the details are clear. And, oh, not enough time to get to the of the Too bad. Uh, Good Shabbos.